Wellness Voyager Radio. Self-development radio for the open mind. Interviews with leading edge authors and speakers. And now, Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager Radio. In this hour, um, I am going to be my own guest for a change. Usually, um, usually I have someone on the air, and and uh, but I had something I wanted to talk about this evening. UFOs, folks, UFOs. You know, it's no longer a question of whether or not they are real, but it is a question of whether or not you know about them. Um, I'm going to ask all of you to join me. Tell me about your UFO experiences if you've had any. Uh, do you believe in UFOs? And you don't have to believe in them, incidentally. If you have a good argument and like to talk about why they're silly or something, feel free to call. Uh, if you've had extraterrestrial experiences, I want you to call in and tell us about them. And uh, I'd like to talk to you about uh, what, who e ETs are. Are they angels? Are we mistaking a lot of this stuff uh, based on our scientific knowledge these days? What is this all about? Um, I have uh, a very interesting book here. It's actually not a book. It's called The Contact Papers. Now, I don't know how many of you are aware of the very famous Billy Meyer case, uh, Meyer, M-E-I-E-R. Billy Meyer is uh, from Switzerland. Basically, in uh, 1975 through 1978, a Swiss farmer, Billy Meyer, was contacted by extraterrestrials. His photographs and his 8mm movie are still to this day the most incredible evidence of extraterrestrials and UFOs ever looked at. We'll talk more about them later, but I want you to know this. As of 1995, most of the information that comes from the Billy Meyer case has never been debunked. And that's including his very famous 8mm film where he shows extraterrestrial spacecraft from the Pleiades flying around a number of trees. And I have seen this video, this uh, 8mm film, many times myself. The most recent group in 1989 or 91, I can't remember which, what year it was, of scientists who tried to authenticate or debunk the information, left Switzerland, came back to the United States with thousands of, of uh, feet of, of uh, <laughs> videotape and audio tape and uh, and subjected these pictures and these movies to the most incredible examination using pixels and, and <laughs> things I've never heard of. And we're unable to do anything but corroborate the information that Billy Meyer showed in 1975. I would like to talk a little bit about Billy Meyer. I'm going to use two sources this evening. I have in front of me a book called The Pleiadian Mission, which is from Randolph Winters. And I also have the original 
contact transcripts that are not published and they come from the Billy Meyer case. The Pleiades, of course, is a, a star group out there, a star cluster uh, way out there in the Pleiadian uh, area. And um, frankly, these are the people that came to visit Billy Meyer back in 1975. Now, it's kind of uh, interesting because um, they have been aware of our planet for about 22 million years. Now, I'm giving you information from the contact papers, which I said there are about 3,000 of those, which I have. They are unpublished reports. And also I have with me a book called The Pleiadian Mission, which is uh, from Randolph Winters. And it's a good book. I uh, kind of like it. And uh, it's interesting to know that according to this information, the Pleiadians are our progenitors. We are their younger brothers. So they are the ones who basically physically look like us for one reason. We look like them. Let's talk just a little bit and kind of uh, frame this thing for a moment. Let's talk a little bit about the solar system and let's talk a little bit about the orbit that our solar system has because it's always going through the constellations one at a time. It takes about 25,860 years for us to move through one complete cycle. And I start out with that figure for one reason, and that is because scientists, <laughs> and, and believe me, this is not a science bashing show, but you know, I do really think that it's time to at least have another voice once in a while besides the voice of science. Scientists basically tell us information that they've known about for the last, oh, 500 years. That's about the limit of science. 500 years. Now, a lot of people who are scientists think of that as very important. And as a matter of fact, they tend to tell us that we know more in the last 500 years than any other group of mankind or, or humankind has known since the time since infinity. That's what scientists tell us. And of course we are indoctrinated by our school systems and by our news media over and over again to believe this. However, uh, there is at least one source that many of you are familiar with which purports to have information that came long before science. Of course that's the Bible. <laughs> and uh, certainly the Bible has a lot of information in it. Um, and as time has gone on, uh, may, many people have seen that some of the things that are actually in the Bible are truer than what scientists have told us. Well, the Bible is not the only source. There are other sources of information around that certainly predate even the Bible itself. And I'm thinking of uh, Vedic scriptures and so on and so forth. So let me just uh, give you some information that you might like to hear. Um, first of all, we are moving through the constellations having moved out of the constellation of Pisces uh, around, oh, about 186 uh, years ago, back around 1844, we literally began into what was called the beginning of the age of Aquarius. Now, based on the fact that we repeat this cycle every 25,000 years, it's not hard, 
to understand that there's a lot of information that scientists do not know about. One of them is going to be what I, what I tell you about uh, called the photon belt. We're not even there yet. So basically where we are right now is we are moving into the age of Aquarius. Uh, the age of Aquarius lasts about 2,000 years. Now historically, historically, and this is what I want to say at this point, historically most civilizations last about 10,000 years. I want to leave you with that because I want to leave you with this concept. Historically, the civilization that we know about, I'm talking about from the beginning of what we call the beginning of mankind, that's what we call it, is only 8,000 years. I want to frame this now because what I want to do is expand your idea of time. So, with that in mind, who are the Pleiadians? They are supposedly our progenitors. Why are we talking about this evening? We're talking about this because they come in what are called beam ships. Uh, they monitor us. And they're interested in us. And that's about all. They're interested in us because we are like children to them. That's all. It's real simple. They are not here to... <laughs> <laughs> as one uh, uh, edition of Twilight Zone had, they're not here to eat us. <laughs> they're uh, not here to serve us. They are just here to observe us and make sure that we're going along in a nice direction. Now, before I take my first call, and incidentally, if you want to join us, 1-800-745-8255. The subject is UFOs this evening. I'm talking about the most celebrated case, the Billy Meyer case, uh, talking about the Pleiadian mission. Uh, but you can tell me about either UFO experiences you've had or whether you believe or not in UFOs, if you've had ET experiences, if you've been abducted, uh, so on and so forth. All right, let's take our first phone call. I have, uh, I believe it's Wayne from Sulphur, Louisiana. Is that right? Yes, it is. Welcome to the show, Wayne. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, we're talking a little bit about UFOs. What's uh, on your mind this evening, Wayne? Well, I had a strange encounter about two or three years ago, but I'm, I'm not sure if it relates with UFOs or not. Well, let's, let's hear about it, and, uh, and, and we can talk a little bit about UFOs and find out if they're really what everyone thinks anyway. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was about 19 or 20 at the time, and I began to be troubled by uh, some dreams, as if there was a presence in my room at the foot of my bed. And uh, my parents decided to go on a, uh, a trip. And uh, I was really very afraid. So I was having a friend spend the night every night that uh, my parents were gone. And uh, finally, I couldn't get any of my friends to spend the night with me one night. And my girlfriend decided to spend the night with me. You mean your girlfriend was the last one you called? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding around. But anyway, it just seems interesting. Go ahead. Well, I'm on. a nice moral guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your girlfriend spends the evening with you. Yes, she did not believe me at all. Now, why, why were your friends, were your friends seeing something? Was that what was happening? Um, no, I, nothing happened while my friends were there. I see. But the night that my girlfriend spent the night was uh, when I had a, I so guess basically, real... basically every time you tried to, to have someone stay over so that you could be feel kind of like, let's, let's use the word protected, nothing would happen, and then when they would leave, something would happen? Is that how it was? No, no. It was more as if I, uh, 
I was afraid to be alone and something would happen. Nothing okay. had really happened except maybe sort of these panic attacks during the dreams. Okay, so what happened when your girlfriend was there? Well, this, this was early in the evening, probably around 8 or 9 o'clock. We were sitting in the living room, and suddenly, well, she, at this time, she didn't believe me at all. Very, very skeptical. And uh, suddenly, we both got this, uh, this feeling like we were being watched. Hmm. And something was, uh, was just looking at us. And she was the one who said that something was looking at us from behind us, from outside, I guess, the patio. We had a courtyard with windows that looked out and uh, she said that she felt that something was on its hind legs or back legs standing upright looking in through that window at us these are okay. pretty much her words i'm paraphrasing well you got everybody's interest let's cut to the bottom line and find out what was happening well finally we uh we calmed down enough to uh, go to sleep but we you were, mean you didn't look? <laughs> no, we did not look. We, um, uh, you have to understand that night we were, we, by this time, we, we figured that we had freaked ourselves out. Oh, I see. So we decided okay. to go to bed. All right. Lock the door and everything. Sure. And we were just sitting there, and suddenly we hear uh, something by the window. This isn't going to be a joke now, is it? No, it's not. No, okay. It's not. <laughs> it is not. All right, go ahead, Wayne. And, uh, because and what's happening is we got like, we've got, we got one minute and 30 seconds. Okay, I'm sorry. That's right. Point. Well, the bottom line is, is that we heard something out in the hallway outside of the door, and something was knocked over. Hmm. And then uh, we both got really scared, and then we heard the door to the courtyard, which was right next to my window, open. And then uh, we heard some steps, and then we heard it close, well, open again, and uh, that was it. So this is almost like one of those stories you tell around the campfire, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It, it is. But uh, <laughs> I w no, I wouldn't expect anybody to believe me unless somebody else were there. So what led you to think that this was a, some type of a UFO experience? Well, of course, you didn't say that it was. You, you, you actually did say when you called that you weren't sure what it was. No, it could have been a poltergeist. Okay. Or, uh, but you feel, it, you feel it was an otherworldly experience. It wasn't just like somebody was out there either trying to get in your house or... No, no, because in the previous nights... Uh, like I said, I had, I had been having this dream that somebody was sitting on my foot of my bed and I couldn't move, hmm. which I think is um, conclusive with uh, abductions. Right. Abduction cases do state that, that, uh, that people have had that experience. And uh, that's what it was, and I was, I was very afraid to be alone. What's going on now in your life? Uh, I mean, is it still happening? No. Uh, I had a friend of mine who uh, owns a, sort of a crystal shop, and he gave me a, uh, uh, a stone which was supposed to help night problems and I haven't and had any trouble since. So it did. <laughs> it did. I lost it about uh -oh. two months later, but I haven't had any trouble since. Wayne, thanks for your call and then keep listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we're talking about UFOs this evening, and of course, I'm inviting you listeners for a change to be my guest instead of having an actual guest. Before I have my next caller on, let me uh, finish framing this thing. So why are the Pleiadians showing up now? The answer is this. We are moving into what has been termed a new age. Now, not the new age, but just a new age, meaning that we are moving into another part of the zodiac. So there are a whole bunch of people out there that say things like, there's no such thing as the new age, it's the old age, and, and so on and so forth. Folks, this is not something somebody came up with, okay? It's not some little quick, quick, a little quick, <laughs> stuttering over this thing. It's not some, you know, special logo or something. We are literally moving into a new part of the Zodiac. So if you want to say we're moving into the new part of the Zodiac called the Age of Aquarius, you can say that. 
if somebody somebody says to you, look, we're not moving into the age of Aquarius, the answer is, well, we are moving because our system moves through the zodiac during a 25,000-year cycle, and right now we're moving into a new part of the, of the galaxy, a new part. That means that scientists are going to learn lots of new things that they don't know exist right now. Who are the Pleiadians? As I said before, they are our progenitors, and they are the ones who are, would like to see us have the opportunity uh, uh, to move through this new age with clarity growth. And what they would like to do is they would like to help us get rid of the despair, the sorrow, and misery in the mindset of the industrial age, which fails to provide any of the wisdom necessary for us. <laughs> if you don't know that by now, you should know that. So the purpose of the Pleiadians is to come and influence us and to facilitate our ability to move through this new part of the age, into the age of Aquarius. All right, I'll continue with that after this call. Kent, is it Lebanon, New Hampshire? Yes, uh, it's Ken, actually. Uh, Ken, I'm sorry. Yes. Welcome to the show, Ken. Uh, thanks for having me on, Bruce. All right. Yeah, I just I want to talk about uh, something that I think is really intriguing, uh, the, the, the lost uh, Mars probe that uh, went up uh, about a year and a half ago. Sure, did, I did a number of shows with Richard Hoagland, uh, and we talked about that. Yeah, I mean, the thing that, that amazes me about this is, is that, you know, th these probes... that th these Actually, what should really amaze you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, okay. what should really amaze you is that no one, and including NASA, even talks about it anymore. That should be rather amazing. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the, the thing is that this probe is functioning uh, perfectly up until, you know, a, a few hundred thousand kilometers of Mars, and then, bam, it's off. Actually, what Richard Hoagland said on my show about a year ago was that just prior to his interview on Good Morning America, where he was going to make a statement about the Mars probe, uh -huh. the Mars probe was mysteriously lost in space. <laughs> huh. So we can add to the little climax there and the conspiracy possibilities. Well, now, that's a very important point that you brought up, because now, um, I have, as I had mentioned in the beginning of the show, the uh, these 3,000 pages of the original contact papers uh, as, as uh, transmissed, uh, let's see, uh, to, transmitted to Billy Meyer from Semyase, who is the uh, uh, lead pilot of a beam ship from uh -huh. the Pleiades. <laughs> Sounds like I should be in a home someplace after that <laughs> statement. But anyway, uh, and in in that in that she says many many times that of course they have the ability to intercept our communications. It would be ridiculous if they can move back and forth 500 light years in a moment through hyperspace. They must be able to intercept our little tiny rockets up there. Well, you know, to, to push it just a, a few a few inches forward, if you really think about it, these people are probably not making you know intermittent visits to the planet. They're probably here right now and in intermingling just fine. And you know, there are probably a few of their representatives here who are absolutely observing. I mean, you know, to push the analysis. You know, the, the well, she says she says in the contact papers that first of all, while it is very true that the entire universe is teeming with many, many, many different types of life forms which are absolutely as intelligent as us, if not more. The Pleiadians, who are our progenitors, and who incidentally carry this human form, which is, and you might be interested to know this, according to her, the most prevalent form in the galaxy. That means that, that the majority of the of the uh, higher forms use this this particular body which we have. 
Mm. Well, if this is true, how hard would it be for them to get clothing and walk around on the planet? Yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, another interesting thing is if you read the, the recent edition of, of Nature, which is a very prominent uh, scientific magazine, uh, you know, a bunch of scientists, you know, scientists for a long time have been saying, yeah, sure, extraterrestrial life, it's possible, but but now they're, they're finally coming out with studies uh, that are showing that, yeah, there are, uh, you know, bio compounds uh, that can be detected from some of these, you know, stars, uh, star systems and stuff using some, spect you know, special uh, spectral equipment uh, on this planet. So I think, you know, it's, it's definitely realistic. And, and, you know, for, you know, people on this planet to think that, uh, that we are the only, you know, the only uh, intelligent life forms is kind of naive, oh, considering, you know. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous, yeah. Ken. And, and I like to be, the, be at least the, the second or third person to say that. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, listen, thanks a lot for your call. I really appreciate it. What station are you listening to us on? Um, I'm listening to 93 WFXN. Hey, that's uh, out of, where is that, Woodstock? Yeah, uh, Woodstock, uh, Vancouver. Uh, somewhere around. Vermont, yeah, WMXR. Yeah. Something like that. I yeah, 93.9. Yeah, that's right, that's hey, it. great. Ken, thanks a lot for your Th call. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. All right. All right, Glendora, Lyme, Ohio, welcome to the uh, show. Thank you. All right. I couldn't sleep, I was listening. I live near Lima, and in Lima, John Timmerman is quite an authority on UFOs. He has tremendous amount of data. And he flies out of state to uh, to record these and to check on them and to, to write it all down. And hmm. he goes places and speaks on it. And I believe in him because I've heard so much from him, and he's in our newspaper often. Right, and what's his name again? John Timmerman. John Timmerman. Mm -hmm. Never heard of him. I'd like for you to to contact him. Well, you know what you could do? Uh, I tell you what, it'll really help out a lot, right. Glendora. Mm -hmm. When we finish our call, rather than hanging up, if you would like to speak to uh, my uh, producer, mm -hmm. uh, and that is Glenn, mm -hmm. uh, and, and just give him some information if you've got it, uh, that'd be great. Or if you want to write to me, I'll give you my address. Why don't we do that? All right, I'll give you my and address. And then I can send Mr. Chairman. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, she doesn't want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> okay, and, and incidentally, all of you can write to me if you'd like. Timeless Voyager Radio, P.O. Box 6678, Santa Barbara, California, 93160. All right, I'll do that once more. Timeless Voyager Radio, P.O. Box 6678, mm -hmm. Santa Barbara, California, 93160. I have it. I have it. Great. All right, Glendora, if, if there's anything else uh, that you wanted to talk about? Well, I guess not, but it's interesting. I couldn't <laughs> sleep, and I've been listening a long time. Great. Okay, thanks Thank for your you. call, Glendora. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> uh, people, are, people are crying to me. I get these letters in the mail, and people are saying things like, Bruce, please. <laughs> please get on an earlier time. I, I'm, I'm dead on Monday morning. Okay. Let's see here. Um, so the point of this Pleiadian mission, then, these Pleiadians are trying to bring us into the New Age. Their, their entire mission, so this is what I want to get straight tonight, is to educate us about the history of, of man on earth. You know, our written history is very short and it's incomplete and provides little information. Actually, it provides no information about the origin of our civilization. <laughs> I mean, really, it doesn't matter where you read this information. There's just nothing really for us to know. You know, it seems very unlikely that the many different races of earth are all, na all naturally evolved here. 
We have no practical or scientific explanation of our existence here on Earth. Did you hear that? Scientists. <laughs> Scientists can't even explain <laughs> where we came from. They always come up with this thing. Well, we did this, we did this. And then there's a missing link. Remember that one, folks? The missing link. That is the scientist's little phrase that describes an enormous amount of information that they haven't got a clue about. There were monkeys, and then all of a sudden, there were men. Why are Asians, Caucasians, Arabs, American Indians, and Africans all so different? It is highly unlikely that they could have evolved from monkeys. Especially since there's this missing link. You know what the Pleiadians say? They say that 626 billion years since the formation of the, ba the gas ball that became the Earth. 626 billion years. And he sa they say that only for about 400 to 500 million years has human life been on Earth. Now, listen to this. Modern scientists tell us <laughs> that the Homo sapiens first appeared about 500,000 years ago. And, this is the best part about science, 500,000 years ago, mankind was here, but only in the last 6,000 years have we been currently a civilization. Now, please, <laughs> just think about that for a second. 500,000 years there was mankind, but only 6,000 years recently did we ever create any kind of civilization. If that doesn't sound absolutely unbelievable to you, it sounds ridiculous to me. How could anyone buy anything so absurd? All right, so then they use these, these, these studies, plants, bones, artifacts, and relics left on the earth. These are the things that are supposed to prove to us conclusively that mankind has only been around for 6,000 years. Well, the Pleiadians say that we come from them, they came, brought us to this planet, so on and so forth. Why did I talk about this this evening? Well, it's a big big, big, long subject. I know that as long as you'll be listening to Timeless Voyager Radio, I will be talking about this periodically because there's no way that the Pleiadian mission, that the contact papers can ever be covered in one hour. And so what I thought I would do is just have this ongoing little <laughs> talk that I will get into every once in a while when you least suspect it. Now, the point that I want to make then is that starting... In 1975, Semjase, S-E-M-J-A-S-E, Semjase, woman, <laughs> how about this folks, she is a woman, she is the pilot of the beam ship that contacted Billy Meyer. <laughs> when you say beam ship, everybody goes, beam me up, Scotty, but <laughs> anyway, uh, Billy Meyer has, as I've said, the most incredible photographs ever. If you look in any of the books, any of the UFO books, when you come across a clear, incredible picture of a, of a UFO, more than likely it was taken by Billy Meyer. You look down on the bottom and you'll see that. 
Now, uh, this Pleiadian woman named Semjase volunteered to be Billy Meyer's teacher. Now, she had never been on Earth before. Uh, she has been part of a team that was watching the Earth for 300 years. And for the, for the next 10 years, she studied the history of the Earth and its people with Billy Meyer and gave him incredible information. What is the purpose of the Pleiadians? Because we're going to talk about them quite often from now on. The people of the Earth need to know this, that there are many forms of life out there, and they have advanced knowledge, and they travel throughout the universe, and many of these forms do visit the Earth. Now, here's one of the things. Many of these travelers are malicious, just not too many, but a few, and they should be considered dangerous. Okay? Uh, people of the Earth should be on guard for these types because they often fight and destroy everything that comes in their way. Sometimes they will even destroy the whole planet and force the inhabitants into slavery. Why am I telling you this? Because you as listeners and as future participants in this new age need to develop discernment. That is the fourth chakra, the heart chakra, the ability to tell if someone is telling you the truth or not. And you cannot know it through knowledge. You can only know it through feeling. That means you have to develop it. You have to learn how to be able to feel. Another further point is this. The Pleiadians and other extraterrestrial races do not come to the earth on behalf of God to bring the earth awaited peace. Don't buy that. Earth humans must learn that never can a God take the role of the creation or control of the destiny or the fate of the human being. A God is simply a physical being, a governor a human being who has evolved way past anything we understand. Creation never gives commands. It never demands worship because it is egoless. It is non-judgmental. It's a spiritual force. It is eternal knowledge that guides the growth of the universe. And that knowledge is never in need of commands or religions. That is what is important here, to know the difference. If someone tells you that because you don't worship them, that you are not good, how high a being can that possibly be? That is the point of the Pleiadian mission, to understand discernment. The Pleiadians are not superhumans. Certainly they have information that many of us do not have. They have evolved their spirituality very high, but they are not gods. They are not here to in any way take anything away from our religions. All they are here to do is to help us move forward into the true teachings. Anyway, there it is. So, uh, when I talk about UFOs, I am not talking about steel objects that uh, fly through the air. <laughs> I'm talking about a bigger picture.